When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. I hope that all of you has, have had a really great you know, victory Monday, but now it's Tuesday, which means it's time to kind of reset our focus, and that is going to be beginning with the first part of our week-long preview on the upcoming opponent, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm your host, Littlewit, and today I have my fellow Bears brother, Nicholas Moriano, here with me, and the two of us are joined by Gene Thomas of the Buck What You Heard podcast. Gene, he's going to be sharing a firsthand scouting report on those two and one Buccaneers, and it's a pleasure to have you on. You know, we've been doing this for a couple of years now. Tough loss last night, but two and one on the season that has to feel pretty good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Nobody was expecting the the Buccaneers to be at two and one. Everybody had pretty much written them off. And uh, just to kind of give you an idea, there were actually uh, reports out there that the Bucks were going to pick in the top ten of the draft, the twenty nineteen draft. So that just tells you what everybody from the four-letter network to the the three-letter networks uh, really thought about the Buccaneers. So it's really exciting to see what they've they've turned around and done, and um, I'm I'm just excited for this season. Yeah, I mean I think we are as well. And we were talking about this a few minutes ago. You had higher hopes for the Bears. I mean we have high hopes too. I didn't think of this strong of a start to the season, but a couple months ago when the schedule came out. Uh, having both of us being two and one at this point with only one score away of being three and0 each uh it's you know it's really we're both in really good spots at this moment and we're talking you know we've been doing this seems like we play each other every year now so we may as well keep it the NFC central but uh gene one last thing before we get going you're just making me feel and look so bad with that you know ba overlay you got going on your screen I know uh 
I need to get a PC so I can do that. You're really having my mind kind of going. But uh, Nick, how you doing today, man? Doing great in that Bears Bucks. I'm actually going to be at the game, so I'm really excited because it's going to be a good one. But yeah, it's been a great day so far. Excellent. Gene, you ready to dive on into the questions we got for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Well, my first one, and I'm, maybe you have an idea where the first one would be in terms of national storylines, but Fitz Magic, right? Week one, week two. Uh, it ran out a little bit on Monday night with the three interceptions, but he still did pass for over 400 yards. First quarterback ever with three straight 400-yard games. You know, all the talk last week was how, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he earned the right to keep that job. I want to know from your perspective, does that change after the poor ball security on Monday night, or do you keep rolling with him? Uh, you really have to keep rolling with him. I mean, Jameis Winston has been suspended. Uh, he's He needs to get back in football shape. I, I think it would be kind of foolish to bring him just off the street and just put him right in. I would say uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick could be your starter on Sunday, and I wouldn't have a problem with that. Uh, just, you know, just based on, you know, on on how he's doing. Uh, the fact that he brought the team back from that, uh, what was it, 30 to 10? 30 to 10 at halftime, and he brought him and put him back in the game. So uh, I don't have a problem with him being there, and I think that he will do a great job come Sunday. What has he done, like, so well? Like, I had a little bit of a sampling last night on primetime, but, like, this season, I mean, he surprised a ton of people. I'm sure he surprised you a little bit. Like, what has he done well to put himself in this position? Well, if you go back to last year, uh, Jameis Winston was injured, and Ryan Fitzpatrick was 2-1. and one. Uh, actually he was two and oh, two and oh in games he started and he came in for, uh, Jameis Winston in the Arizona Cardinals game. And, uh, that's a game that they almost won, uh, with him bringing him back. So, uh, what he's been able to do when he's been on the field is take what the defense is giving him and he's been able to make the most of it. And when you look at the weapons that he has in Deshaun Jackson, uh, Mike Evans, uh, Cameron Brait, OJ Howard, uh, Chris Godwin. And, uh, you know, there are just, there are just so many different uh, ways that he, you know, you can go about this and somebody's always going to be open. And it looks like, you know, with Todd Munkin calling the plays and not Dirk Cutter, uh, it's really opened things up a little bit more. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm, in the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. And it's been a little bit more creativity than what you've seen in past seasons. And Gene, you just mentioned all those playmakers, uh, and you also had an Adam Humphreys in there. What is it about this group that is just working so well right now for the Bucks offense? Um, is it personnel? Is it the play calling? Is it just Fitz magic? What is it? I, I think that it, it's a it's a combination of the play calling and a quarterback that's been in this league for over 15 years and uh, being able to identify certain schemes and uh, take advantage of them. And again, if you if you go back and watch the game film, he's He's finding those those big plays and and he's making those big plays. Yeah, it seems like your offense likes to stretch the field vertically a lot. Is that something that you think the Bucks can sustain moving forward? Uh, if if you can keep your receivers healthy and you can keep your offensive line healthy, 
uh, that's going to be that's going to be huge in them sustaining this drive. Uh, again, going into the uh, the buy, I didn't expect the Bucks to. I expected the Bucks to be uh, five hundred. So they're about you know they're they're doing better than what I expected them to uh, at this point in the season. And just continuing to do that, I would like to see more of the run. I've talked to other people and they say the run is not that important, but to me, I think that it can uh, in the on the back end of the game third and fourth quarter when you're trying to eat up clock the run can definitely help out in that in that avenue wow you're reading my notes here gene uh because my next one question for you is about that running game because you guys have some lawdy passing numbers i mean they are just on the top of the league no matter which way you kind of want to you know organize those stats no matter what you do the buccaneers are right there at the top but you have been pretty one-dimensional haven't really been able to establish a run so far this season uh, as a team, the average is about 72 yards per game. Your main back, uh, Peyton Barber, he averages only about 42 rushing yards per contest. I want to know, like, what's led to the inability to kind of run the football throughout these first three games? Uh, you know, and not to sound arrogant, but they haven't really needed to. I mean, <laughs> Fair. If you look at that first game uh, against the Saints, that was a shootout. And uh, the game against the uh, the Eagles, that that was one where they the pass was working. And as long as they're running that that single high safety, I mean, you could take advantage of that, and that's what they've they've been able to do. So uh, just looking at, the, especially this game, right, this past game uh, on Monday, this is the game that mistakes killed them. And I look at the the three interceptions. I look at the fumble that uh, Chris Godwin had. Those are all potential scores right there. So uh, uh, just looking at that game, going back and looking at that game, it's one of those games where. Uh, this team kind of beat themselves, and it's one of those things they have to bounce back from that and be ready on Sunday. Yeah, and it's gonna and, and not to sound arrogant, but it's gonna be very difficult to establish a run against the Chicago Bears defense because you know we've been able to shut that down for the most part this season. You guys have as well. We'll talk about that in the second half of these questions I have. But one more real quick about your running game: Are you fine with Peyton Barber? Or do you want to see them kind of implementing more of a two-back system here? Uh, I would like to see uh, some other backs. There is a, another running back that I really like, Sean Wilson. And uh, we haven't even seen our second round pick. Uh, Ronald Jones has not been on the field yet. So uh, with with all the injuries that the Bucks have had, he's been uh, uh, basically a healthy scratch the, the past three games. So eventually he will get on the field, um, you know, as long as the Bucks are winning and they're trending upward and, you know, they're continuing to improve. Uh, I'll be happy to see him when he gets on the field, but until then, I wouldn't really rush that. So, Gene, we'll just mention uh, those Bears defensive players, and they actually lead the league in sacks right now at 14, and I believe they have the most pressures as well, and this defense is doing that without relying on the blitz. They blitz the least amount in the league, so how confident are you that this Bucks offensive line can keep Fitzpatrick upright? I don't know. You're talking about Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, uh, I've seen plays about Danny Trebathan has made plays. Uh, you know, you've got uh, players like Prince of Mukamara. I don't know if he's healthy or not. Uh, just different guys that can play their assignments and gives the defensive line a chance to, uh, to get in there and make plays. So um, it's going to be, again, this is a game that I've been looking forward to uh, just to see where the bucks are in, in this, in the season so far, how far they've advanced or have they advanced. Is there a weak link along that offensive line right now for for the Buccaneers? Um, oh, I I don't really know what to tell you on that. Um, what what I saw was a lot of sloppy play. Um, mm-hmm. on, 
during that Monday night game. And uh, I've seen them play better. I saw them play better in the past two games. But, uh, you know, again, they just have to kind of work together. And um, I think, you know, this is a new unit with uh, the addition of Ryan Jensen. And they moved Ali Marpet back over to his natural position. And Caleb Beninock, who was originally a fifth-round pick, they brought him in. And, and they're, start, they're still learning how to gel. So uh, this is one of those things where it will, you know, it's a work in progress. And they'll just continue to get better. Do you think, uh, I think what we saw last night too, in terms of this pressure, one more question on that is it seems to be the one way to kind of slow down that, you know, that fits magic. Is that uh, something you anticipate if say the bears can apply the pressure like we have so far this season, uh, do you think that's our chance of slowing down your, you know, prolific passing attack? Yeah, it, it, you know, and, and again, that's, I'm, I'm excited about this game because you've got so many good pass rushers and uh, it looked like in the second half, of the game Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of uh gathered himself uh no turnovers in the second half it was one of those things where he was finding the open man and that's going to be the key right here is is finding the open man so uh if he can take what the defense is giving him uh um there there will there are plays that will be available all right one more question about the offense and it's something that actually really surprised me when I was looking uh, you know, just kind of scouting them real quick, and it's their inability to score inside the red zone. They put up the most yards in the NFL, tied for third in points score, 34 points per game. They lead the league in passes for 20 and 40-plus, those big shots that Nick was talking about a few minutes ago. But they're only 18th in the league in terms of red zone efficiency, uh, scoring touchdowns once they reach the red zone about 55% of the time. On Monday night, they were 2 of 5 in the red zone. You know, you got to love the five trips heading down there, but only converting in touchdowns in 40% obviously is not ideal. Uh, throughout three games, why do you believe that the Buccaneers have struggled once they have reached like that constricted area of the field? Does it kind of come down to being so one-dimensional and, of course, you know, not a lot of room for these receivers to uh, you know, get open in terms of the secondary? Uh, you have to go back to the running game. Uh, that was the one thing that I was looking at uh, before the season started that I felt like was very important for this team to be successful in the red zone is having a good running game being able to, to make plays, being able to get that two yards, three yards, four yards. Um, we just haven't seen that. And, you know, you kind of alluded to that with uh, the statistics for the running game. That's one of those things that the Bucks have to improve on and that the line has to open up those holes so the run, running backs can get those, get those yards. But I think as the running, back as the running game improves, you would see the, uh, the red zone improve as well because we can go back three, three, four years, uh, the Bucks have, you know, constantly had issues in the red zone, and that's been a lot of that has been related to the uh, the running game or lack thereof. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Gene, that's all we have in terms of the offense. So, real quickly before we kind of you know flip the script and uh, talk about that Buccaneer defense, uh, we're gonna take a halftime real quick. And Nick, you want to tell people about this week's audio mailbag? A little reminder. Yes. Uh, so everybody who wants to possibly hear their, their voice heard on the latest edition of the Audio Mailback podcast, please just leave us a voicemail at 872-240-4007. And that number again is 872-240-4007. The Bears won last week, obviously, heading into this Bucks game. We want to hear your questions. Brandon and I are planning on doing that podcast by tomorrow. So make sure to get in your voicemail by tonight or maybe early morning. 
Awesome. So you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm Errol Soldewitt, joined by my fellow Bears brother, Nicholas Moriano. We're here with Gene Thomas of the Buck What You Heard Podcast. You just listened to you know, his take on where the Buccaneers' offense stands, and now we're going to kind of transition over to his defense. And Nick, I'm going to swing it over to you to kind of hand over Gene's first question. Yeah, Gene, so watching this Buccaneers' defense, they've given up a lot of points uh, over the past three weeks to, you know, each respective team but what has been the most frustrating part for you about this defense is it the 30 points per game the units giving up the seven sacks uh, on the season that the the bucks have uh it just doesn't look like the bucks can really apply pressure if they don't bring the blitz what is it to you the the most frustrating part about this buccaneers defense uh that everybody's not healthy uh i look at uh, vita vea is our number one overall pick uh for the bucks uh, there are players that were brought in, Mitch Unrein, and uh, a player that uh, the the Bucks he's on injured reserve until Week Eight. Uh, Bo Allen from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles is was also injured in this game as well. Uh, there are a lot of players that were expected to play key roles in this defensive line, uh, in this defensive rotation that are out with injuries. So right now, just not having everybody uh, is, is the finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com only frustrating part about it but you want him at 100 percent on the back end of the season i'm not really stressing about the defense a lot right now because uh we still have the bye week coming up uh week five and uh after that just you know getting some of these guys healthy and you know you have guys i would rather have guys healthy on the back end of the season rather than uh to start the season out because they will be needed as we uh as this team goes down the road no, yeah, you're exactly right, and trust me, I mean, you know, you follow the Bears, you know, pretty well. We've been up near the top of the league in terms of players and IR for the past two years prior to this. You were sitting, you know, in a much better position, but I understand, you know, that's very frustrating when you have some more talent, and it's just not available to be out there in game days, and you have to watch people who were supposed backups, supposed even third stringers at times go out there and play, and they don't play the same, you know, kind of capability as your intended starters, so yeah. Definitely frustrating, but uh, let's look at your defensive front real quick, Gene. You know, it appears uh, that Tampa Bay, it's, they're getting some early return on investment out of Jason Pierre-Paul. He leads the team in sacks with three, and he's the only defensive lineman, at least according to my count, in double-digit tackles with 10. He also has a tackle for a loss and a forced fumble. How do you eva- evaluate, you know, his play throughout the first three games? Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have him here. I still believe he has a lot in the tank. I know he is suffering uh, with some with a slight knee injury, which uh, I don't see. He, he's not at a hundred percent, but again, that's not that's not an excuse. You have to go out there, and sometimes you play through the pain. Uh, I like what he's been able to do. I like his locker room presence as well. He's a quiet leader in the locker room, and there've been a lot of articles written about just how much he's really helped the uh, the younger linemen to to come up to speed. So I'm excited about him him being here, and I think that he works well with uh, Gerald McCoy and, and Vinnie Curry. Speaking of Gerald McCoy, you know, I mean, I think we know what to expect out of him by now, even going, you know, toe to toe against McCoy for, like I said, a few seasons in a row. Uh, is there anyone else up front besides JPP or McCoy that we should kind of be aware of this week? Um, 
again, I don't know about the injury with the injuries, but um, uh, Will Golston has made some some good plays. And again, this this defensive line, their their majority of them are new. If we look back at last season and compare that roster to this roster line wise, totally different lineup here. And uh, you know, Jason Light, the general manager, did go out and he invested a lot in, in a lot of these guys that uh, you know will be will be called on to be used, especially in the back end of the season. So uh, with Gerald McCoy, you have Vinny Curry again, somebody who is getting close, but uh, he, he missed a few, uh, missed a few sacks. He missed a few tackles, uh, things that just kind of need to get cleaned up, uh, you know, right now before this next game. But um, yeah, just the guys playing collectively as a team and, you know, trying to make plays. Sure. Gene, I want to hear your your thoughts about this Bucks secondary. It's uh, a group. Is it a group one that you're confident in? And just uh, bring back some things that maybe might lower the confidence that Chris Conte stiff arm and Brent Grimes is just getting abused out there by whoever was on him. Uh, I mean, it is a young secondary overall, but what is your confidence in this group right now? Uh, again, I, I think it's one of those things they'll bounce back. Uh, Chris Conte, I think, is done for the season with a knee injury. Oh, really? Okay. You know, the the unicorn, he, you know, that stiff arm, I, I guess. I don't know exactly what I, I saw the play, but I'm not sure. I've heard that he was actually got injured on that play or trying to make that play. But, um, you know, a, a lot of people in Tampa want him gone. I mean, uh, if for every every two people that that don't like him, there's maybe one that does. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with him. He's he's an average. He's an average safety. And I don't have like these super high expectations for him. As long as he does his job and plays where he's supposed to, uh, last night was really bad for him. I mean, he missed a bunch of tackles, and you know there were plays that could have been made that weren't made. So uh, you bring in rookies now. If you look at your your two cornerbacks are rookies, and the safety that's replacing uh, Chris Conti is a rookie as well. So uh, this trial by fire, we're going to see how they how they all work out here. Yeah. The, is that why you think you only have like so far the one interception on the years is all that inexperience on the back end? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you have uh, MJ Stewart and uh, Carlton Davis, uh, your two uh, number two draft picks that uh, Jason Light was actually able to get in the game. Uh, Brent Grimes is coming back off of a groin injury. This is his first game uh, since the preseason, actually, since the last, no, since the oh, week three of the preseason. This is his first game back. So uh, Brent Grimes, I expect him to shake the rust off. He's a consummate professional. Uh, There were a few plays that he missed on where he missed a tackle. And, you know, those are tackles that he normally would have made. So, uh, yeah, this is a loss. I understand. Hopefully this is a learning experience and this team is ready to go come Sunday. Sure thing. Now let's talk about that run defense because it's currently sitting third best in the NFL only averaging about 70.7 yards on the ground per game given up. Um, But to be honest, I want to know because, uh, again, uh, just from my perspective here, there could be a lot of variables that kind of lead to this. Is it due to the fact that, you know, you guys have been able to put up such big numbers uh, and so they have to play catch up or the fact that your secondary being so inexperienced to decide to attack that instead? Uh, because when you look at the splits, Tampa Bay, they've seen the fourth fewest runs this year compared to the third most passes. And they've also given up the league's highest completion percentage at about 78%. So I want to know, like, what's the story? Do you guys actually have a good run defense? Or is it just the secondary so weak teams kind of want to opt to go to the pass? Or is it some middle ground? It, it is some middle ground. Uh, I, you saw plays where, especially in the Saints game, 
uh, Alvin Kamara, they were able to to slow him down to where uh, they were throwing the ball a whole lot more. Uh, it, and it was when it got close, they still didn't. You, they kind of got away from the run. This is one of those things where I, I you know, just kind of watching watching this team. It looks like uh, to me that you know that's been the case that they've pretty much attacked uh, the pass as opposed to the run. If you watch the first half of the of the first quarter of the Bucks Steelers game, uh, the tackling was sound. Uh, they were getting penetration, and it looks like they just kind of uh, you know the Steelers kind of went away from that, and you saw more of the pass. But uh, again, uh, this is still a very new defense. Uh, a lot of new players that are all working together. So. Uh, this isn't going to come about, you know, overnight, but I think eventually as the season wears on, it will. Speaking of tackling, Gene, uh, Levante, David, and Quan Alexander do a lot of that, and I think that's really the strength of that Buccaneers defense. Um, they remind me a lot of uh, the Bears inside linebackers with that sideline to sideline speed. Um, even though they are your strength, are there aspects of their game that you want to see improvement on, or have they just played lights out so far this season? They've played really. They've played really well, especially away from the ball. If you watch all twenty-two, you see the plays they're making away from where the ball is, and that's something that's you know I, I feel like is very important. They having that complete game. They are missing one of their linebackers in Kendall Beckwith, who is also on injured reserve, and again should be back on the back end of the season. It's somebody that they're they're really missing. They do have a, a Darius Taylor back there, and he's playing admirably, but it's not the same as having a a Kendall Beck Beckwith back there with those, with the other linebackers. Nick. Oh, sorry. You, you go, you go. Oh, I was just going to ask Gene, is there anything else that he wants to hit on about the Buccaneers that uh, perhaps we, you know, haven't really heard yet. Anything we didn't ask you about? No, that's again, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the matchups. How, how will uh, Trubisky uh, play against this defense? And, you know, how will, how will the Bears secondary play against the, the Buccaneers offense is what, I'm really interested to see. You know, yeah. Gene, I'm interested to hear uh, just from outsiders' perspective on Trubisky. What do you think of him? Because in, in Chicago right now, there's like a mix. People thinking that he may not be the guy, and then there's some just give him some time. What is your just from what you've seen from him in three games in this new offense? I've got two things to say about this, and I don't know if your fans will be mad at me for saying this. Uh, Michael Lombardi said that he's a bad quarterback, so I have to believe he's a good quarterback. In my person, <laughs> that guy is like the worst general manager to ever walk the earth. So if he says somebody's bad, it normally means they're really good. And I just feel like, you know, this is his first year. This is second year, actually. And he just needs a little bit more time. Uh, I think if you get the right weapons for him, the right tight ends, I, I'm not taking anything away from your wide receivers, but I do see upgrades in the future, especially within the draft to, uh, to improve that wide receiver core and, and give him somebody to throw to. And, you know, you guys can cor correct me if I'm wrong on that, but uh, I just feel like he just doesn't have that that safety blanket that uh, a lot of other quarterbacks have in the NFL. It, it, it will come with time. He will, I'm sure, uh, find that one that one his go to guy and, and that will definitely elevate his game. We'll see how that goes. I mean, I, I think the hope in terms of our receivers will be the Allen Robinson, right? You know, the big guy to become that security blanket. I mean, we gave him a pretty decent payday here this offseason. So hopefully he can earn that contract. I have high hopes for him. You know, he's coming off an ACL still, but uh, so far this season, he's been the go-to guy. I can, like you said, I think upgrades as well. I think the one upgrade would be perhaps over uh, Taylor Gabriel, who he's a little bit older. He's not a long-term solution at the position, but he is someone who can bring some speed to our offense right now. 
And we'll see how a couple of our rookies kind of pan out. Anthony Miller, second round pick, and uh, someone stashed on our practice squad right now, uh, Javon Wims, our seventh rounder out of Georgia. Uh, I, I know, Nick, I should be more <laughs> quiet, shouldn't I? Um, he has a lot of potential, and I think we're very excited about what he can bring to us here uh, in the future. We'll see exactly uh, when we kind of get him involved. But, yeah, I well, think it's just a learning curve right now with his offense. I mean, uh, one of our writers on our website brought up a good point that Alex Smith, his first year in this offense is that one season that he didn't throw a touchdown pass to a single wide receiver. Jeez. So so it takes time. It's an offense that takes time. It took Alex Smith some time at Kansas City. It's going to take Trubisky and everyone else who's it's a brand new offense with a, a whole, all these people learning it together. It's just going to take some time. But real quick, Gene, uh, I know you're also like, you know, I want to say you're a Bears fan-ish. You know, like you follow the team. You know, obviously you're a Buccaneers fan first, but What's your take on this team where they stand right now? I'm curious, uh, you know, on top of Trubisky, um, what are your expectations for the Bears for the remainder of the season? Um, I see them competing with everybody in your division, to be very honest. The the Detroit Lions haven't showed me anything. Uh, I You guys should have beaten the Green Bay Packers. Yes, we should have. Yeah, and, and that was very frustrating. I had it in my pick'em league, but another story. <laughs> <laughs> I look at your team top. I look at your division top to bottom, and I realize that division games are tough but this is a squad that they have a defense that can keep them in almost every game. And uh, you know, it's just one of those things that the the offense has to grow and get out there and, you know, you know, score points. And that's what it's going to eventually is going to happen. I look at Mitch Trubisky. I like him because he's going through his progressions. Uh, A lot of times there have been times where he's been rushed and he really hasn't had a chance to do that. But when he's got time in the pocket uh, he has great pocket presence. So I think that's something that what I see from him is something that can improve. And I think he'll only get better as he gets more time on the field. All right, Gene, two more questions. It's my patented, not really patented, uh, two-part question that I end every meet the opponent show with. Uh, the first part is, of course, how did the Buccaneers win on Sunday? What do they need to do? Uh, they're going to have to run the ball, the ball. They have to run the ball and um, cut down on the mistakes. Uh interceptions killed them the fumbles the turnovers uh really killed them and and i think that's going to be key for them being successful against the chicago bears is being able to get down and score you know score whenever they can get seven instead of three and uh try to try to improve that the red zone game uh that's going to be important as well and uh, again on defense uh keep everything in front of you and these running backs can catch the ball out of the backfield so Linebacker play is going to be huge and, uh, you know, in, in getting stops. So we'll just kind of see how everything plays out. Mm-hmm. Now let's flip it. Uh, what what hap- needs to happen in order for, of course, the Buccaneers to lose, a.k.a. what do the Bears need to do to beat the Bucs? Uh, that, that would be the pass rush. The pass rush has to get there. Uh, they have to make the quarterback uncomfortable and um, be sure to stop the run. Uh, keep Keep everything in front of you and, uh, get those three and outs. Three and outs are going to be huge. Uh, getting Mitch Trubisky the ball back and letting him try to get another opportunity to score. Uh, as long as these plays get stretched down the field, uh, you keep your defense on the field longer and uh, they can get worn down. So it's just one of those things. They have to get those three and outs and uh, get them off the field. Absolutely. I like the sound of it. All right, Gene, that's all we have for you. I want to thank you again for hopping on. I really right. appreciated, you know, connecting with you yet again for another season. I know tomorrow you're going to have Nick and I over on your podcast. So I'm excited to, you know, turn the tables a little bit, tell you more about the Chicago bears, but I just want to thank you again for coming on. And of course our listeners on behalf of them, I want to thank you because I'm sure they appreciate 
your insight as well. So thank you so much, Gene. All right. Yeah, Gene, in the chat here, we have a, a chat on YouTube and everyone's just saying Gene is an awesome guy. So just want to let you know that. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And Nick, real quick, I uh, want to let people know about that mailbag one last time. Yes, I'm glad I have the number right in front of me. It is 872-240-4007. So please send in your voicemails. Brandon and I would love to do the podcast tomorrow. And yeah, the number again is 872-240-4007. The next time I have you on for one of these Meet the Opponents, you better have that thing memorized. I think I, I think we can have that happen. I think so too. It's week four, Nick. It's week four. I, can't, I don't even remember my own brother's number, so <laughs> that just tells you. Oh, uh, millennial problems, huh? <laughs> hey, Nick, any final thoughts before we head off? Dean already left, so we don't need to rush on out of here. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. No, yeah, we're, we're here, but I'm really excited about this game. I know we're going to talk more in depth. People wanted us to talk about Trubisky already and things like that, but we'll save that for the preview podcast on Thursday. But this is a game that I'm really looking forward to. Like I said, I'll be there and it's just it's going to be a good one. This will put the Bears to the test for sure. Look at you going to back-to-back Bears games right now this season. We're going to do that one. You have the bye week, then we're heading to Miami. And then I'm also going to the Packers game on December 16th. I'm going to three Bears games this year. That's that's insane. That's crazy. On behalf of everyone listening, that makes me a little sad. I like to have you, know, <laughs> you on the post-game show a little bit, but it's okay. Will Ingles, uh, he said he can step in in your place this week, so that's awesome. why we have the alternate. We have a little bit of a bench we can kind of dip into from time to time. But yeah, Nick, I like you. I'm very excited to for that game preview podcast. I already kind of started on that a little bit today as well, ready to share some more of that Bears insight. I don't know if you guys saw, but there's like six or seven Bears uh, I put it on Twitter that are in the top five of their position right now, according to Pro Football Focus, which, you know, you don't you don't take those grades, you know, you know, for you know, like as their Bible or scriptures or anything, but geez, when you see the rankings, you know the Bears are playing well. It's very, very exciting. But that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. I hope that you truly enjoyed this episode and the insight that Gene was able to bring to the table today. Up next, like we just mentioned, we're going to provide our full Bears Bucks preview on Thursday evening. But until then, you better call us and leave a question for that you know audio mailbag. And of course, Bear Down Chicago. Bear down, bear down.